Brendan Tarazzi owns a series of lifestyle businesses that, in between breakdowns, have provided him and his family a life many of us would kill for. A lifestyle business for me is a business where uh, it supports what I want to do as opposed to it dragging me in and and, uh, dictating to me what it needs me to do. It's the award-winning small business big marketing show thanks to American Express. Welcome to the Small Business Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing mischief. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, you are a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be, and it absolutely does deserve to be that. Big show today. We are going to meet lifestyle entrepreneur Brendan Tarazzi, whose feast or famine approach to business enables him to lead a life of freedom and joy, with the odd breakdown in between, which is kind of interesting. US listener Bob Wheeler shares his marketing secrets, and this week's Jingle of the Week, I think, will make you nauseous. It definitely made me nauseous. Far too sickly sweet if you know what I mean. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. And by stuck right in, let's meet today's guest. Brendan Tarazzi is a lifestyle entrepreneur owning a number of businesses that whilst not providing 100% passive income, that would be nice, wouldn't it? He certainly has placed himself in a position where he can work on them and not in them, which is kind of where we all want to be, right? Plus, he travels the world with his family a few months every year. The businesses cover a few different industries, including OH&S, weddings, holiday rentals, and a bit more. But it hasn't all been a bed of roses for young Brendan. Oh, no, it hasn't, as you're about to find out. I started off by asking him to define... A lifestyle business. A lifestyle business for me is a business where uh, it supports what I want to do as opposed to it dragging me in and and, uh, dictating to me what it needs me to do, if that makes sense. Nice. You're living the dream. Well, it's taken probably 25 years, but yeah, possibly. (laughs) And it's a work in progress still. When you say it's taken 25 years, uh, it's, it's like all things, you know, it, it takes you 25 years to be an overnight success, but um, how long have you been in business all up? Well, I probably, I mean, when I was a teenager, I was, um, I was playing in bands and I, I didn't have much musical talent, but I had a lot of talent getting gigs and promoting events and all that sort of thing. Um, so that was sort of when I started, like, tinkering around with businesses but probably the first serious business was straight out of uni i um i fell into uh running a translation agency starting and running a translation agency what was that about simply like into what language from what to what well look i I, um i used to catch a bus home from uni and this girl had this idea of starting a japanese sign business i thought oh that sounds like a good idea 
um, there was a there was a time in Sydney when there was a lot of Japanese tourists in the early nineties, and um, and so I used to travel a lot, and I came back and I thought, what am I going to do now? I finished uni, and I thought, I'll, I think I'll start this Japanese sign business as a way of making a bit of money before I go overseas again. So. Getting back to the lifestyle business thing then. So a, a lifestyle business for you is a business that doesn't own you, you own it. And yep. it, it sounds just too good to be true. Tell me about, you've got, how many lifestyle businesses have you had in your life so far? Well, look, I haven't always been able to run them as a lifestyle. Like, for example, when I was running the translation business, I was like stressed out of my brain. I, I burnt out um, several times. Um, and it really owned me. So I think it was going through those processes of owning businesses where they kind of dictated to me and, you know, I was working around the clock and all of those types of things that sort of have led me to this point in recent years where I've had enough of doing that and I've, I've switched things around to, um, to, you know, to the way I want to run them. But to answer your question, like I'm, I've done so many startups, I'm probably onto my fifth or sixth startup of... Um, businesses now uh so that's that's kind of what i love doing i love creating stuff just tell me about that moment in your, your translation business where you know uh you you were run ragged was it was that a was that a kind of pivotal moment for you where you where you sort of said to yourself if i'm going to be in business and i'm going to be a business owner then this is not how it's going to be oh look i think it i mean i i, I won this big contract with hewlett packard to translate one of their calculator manuals into like 15 different languages and I was working around the clock and it was hugely deadline driven and um, I had like I was so stressed because I was working around the clock and there was only it was only really me and all these subcontractors yeah um, and I basically almost drove myself into the ground like Brendan I can assure you that it wasn't the stress of the deadline for that it was the boredom of the job that would have sent <laughs> <laughs> you had to translate a calculator manual into 15 different languages. You are killing I tell, me. I, I tell you what, that translation business, it was so glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, living the life. So, yeah. So wow. it was kind of like experiences like that where you, you know, you had these incredibly stressful moments and I had to go up and see therapists because I couldn't cope and, um, you know, and it, it probably didn't help that I was in my twenties and out partying every weekend. You know, that no. probably compounded things as well. Um, but I think it's just been maturity, really, like years and years of running businesses, were, or really them running me. That I've, I've it's led me to this point where, you know, I don't want to be operational in businesses anymore because it it's kind of boring. I, I really want to talk about the lifestyle businesses you've got now, but you have had. From from talking to you previously, it was the RTO, the registered training organisation that you had that would appear to have been quite successful. You were in the right place at the right time uh, when the Australian government started this whole RTO kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, um, but enabling RTOs to exist. Uh, you made a bit of dough, but it also yep. nearly broke you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, that, that was much later on. That was sort of in the last... I guess, 10 years um, after I'd sold the translation business, I'd gone traveling for a couple of years and then came home and went, oh my God, I've, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I kind of, uh, through naivety, fell into that in probably about 2006. Mm -hmm. through, na through naivety. It was it did, it did okay, didn't it? That's, that's why I start everything. People say, how did you get into this or that? And I'm like, naivety. 
It gets I, me into everything. <laughs> I love that. I, I think people underestimate naivety. And, you know, there's two types of business owners. There's the rational and there's the emotional. I think I'm putting you in the emotional bucket. Uh, and maybe you rationalize things later. What do they call that? Post-purchase cognitive dissonance. I think they call that in the marketing circles. But um, would, would I be right in saying that, that you operate off your gut? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do, I kind of, you know, start with something else. Like, probably like a lot of small business owners, you start thinking you're going down, down one pathway and then you end up at a very diff- different destination. But it's still good, but it's just different to what you maybe planned on when you started. Yes. You've, you've had a number of, and I hope you're the one who brought it up with me in the pre-interview, so I hope you don't mind me raising it, but you've had a, a number of breakdowns. Which I yeah, think is, yeah, is, yeah, definitely. definitely and th- thank you for you know a allowing us to talk about that and being so transparent because I'm sure there are many business owners who don't. Um, wh- what have you done to work your way through that? Yeah, so I mean, like in my twenties, I had my parents split up when I was in my early twenties, and it just hugely rocked my world. And throughout my twenties, I was kind of looking for an answer to, you know, cope with the stress of running a business and the family breakup and all of that. Um, and that sort of led me into starting yoga and then a little bit later into meditation. And so with my meditation, I've been, I've been a fairly, I guess, serious practitioner for daily since about 2003. Um, and kind of like all these little breakdowns, rather than having a um, kind of major, major breakdowns, I, have, I feel like I have these mini breakdowns and the meditation is what's helped me cope with that along the way. Interesting. Much more resilient of mind than you may have been without it. Oh, look, I mean, that's what meditation is. It's just, it's exercise for the mind to keep your, your mind strong. Describe your lifestyle now, Brendan. I, I don't work in any of the businesses that I'm involved with. Um, I just do the marketing. So that's what I love doing. And the family tends to travel probably, actually, I was saying to someone just this morning, I'm a bit over traveling. I've been 12 weeks on on family holidays this year yeah i'm sorry to hear and, that. and um i just i kind of just want to be settled again because it, it's um yeah sort of scratch that itch traveling is a major part of what you guys get up to it's, it's three months of the year and then nine months yeah. sort of well you're not running businesses what are you doing well look i'm i'm still i still work on you know i've got i'm at that point now where i'm working on the business rather than working in the business so that's a wonderful place to be by the way and you, you as you would know you know how many business owners are in not on the the majority yeah i, I mean it's interesting I'm a, I'm a member of um uh entrepreneurs organization in sydney eo and i still see a lot of you know fellow members that they have everything all in one business or one income stream and for me I've always um, it's probably not the right way of doing it but I've always whenever I've made profits in business I've more or less immediately taken the money out and put it in something else so a, a lot of the time it's been property and so over time over those 25 years I've, I've sort of been able to start having different income streams. How does that impact not reinvesting in the business then? Well that, that's why I'm thinking I'm not not sure if it's such a great thing, like with the RTO alert force, when that sort of hit really hard times, there was no real capital in the business to weather that storm because it had all been taken out and, and put it in property, basically. Mm. So, um, 
and, and and then I guess the other thing is all all these businesses they only ever get to a certain they only get to a certain level they don't get they don't grow and become big there and that's why I kind of deem them as lifestyle businesses because anything more mm. than um, I guess a couple of people are working in them then yeah that means I don't know I would have to get more involved I guess. Let's let's go through the businesses. I'm sure the listeners at this stage are going. Can you just tell tell us what the businesses are? Let's start with Seacliff House, if we could, because that's the one you approached me with originally for an interview, which is quite interesting. What is Seacliff House? How did it come about? Okay, so Seacliff House um, now is a, it's, I guess it's a full scale wedding venue located on the south coast of um, New South Wales, about two hours south of Sydney, in a place called mm-hmm. Gerringong. Um, so we bought it back in 2015 as our family holiday home and um, we've had a sort of a long history of renting out our places as furnished accommodation so we started like way back before Airbnb was even on the planet um, and we used to rent out our place and uh, as a furnished accommodation um, destination for people traveling to Australia and then we would use the money that we made from that to go traveling ourselves so when we bought Seacliff we Naturally, we started renting it out as a, a um, like furnished a holiday home, um, but it wasn't t- too long before we started getting inquiries on, um, you know, could people rent it for weddings? How, how did those inquiries come about? Well, look, it's a it's a pretty um, special spot. It's located um, in the middle of dairy country, so we've got about five hundred acres of dairy farms around us, and we've got ocean rolling hills rolling hills and ocean views um and so i don't know it just sort of happened organically so you've bought a holiday house you rent it out when you're not using it all of a sudden someone wants to use it as a wedding venue from what i understand you now have 50 weddings booked for 2019 and you've done 40 in 2018 is that correct yeah that's right it's it's, what 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 experience do you have as a wedding planner organizer how does this happen Well, that, that's where the naivety comes in. I mean, all these businesses I've been involved with, I've never known anything about, about them. And that, that's why I sort of say that it's, um, you know, I'm the accidental wedding venue owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, who was the wedding organiser in Father of the Bride? I think it was Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Frank? He was very funny. Frank or Frank, I don't know. Uh, so, okay, but that, that's all very well. And, and clearly you're a guy um, uh, who doesn't really say no you're more inclined to say yes and then figure it out. So, so, so just, just I'm trying to I'm trying to understand how this happens. You've got the so that someone says I want to have a wedding here. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Come and stay. What do you do? You put a marquee up. You do you get in the caterers? Do you get in the marriage celebrant? Yes. Do you get in the 800, 800 chairs? Record? What happens? So, so this is what I love so much about this business, and this is sort of. This business has been pivotal, pivotal in the way that I run my other businesses. So it's a DIY venue, which means that we provide the accommodation, we provide the grounds, like we have landscapers there every week that make it look beautiful. Um, and we've recently sort of invested in some infrastructure. So we've got a, a an old farm shed there that we basically refurbished into a, a like a, a this amazing barn that's got the views, et cetera. Um, so how it happens is is that people just, they have to bring in their own caterer, their own photographer. Um, if they want a marquee, they get, you know, the marquee hire company, that sort of thing. And um, 
we have the agent who manages that whole process. As in the real estate agent? The real estate agent, that's right. <laughs> I love it. So you're really just handing over a venue and then they do the rest. You're not, you're not a caterer. You're not a you're not a host. You're not a, anything other than a venue provider. Exactly, and we and we just constant like what I concentrate on is the you know now that it's been going a few years, I concentrate on managing the marketing side. So I create the leads by doing things like you know we've got Instagram, Facebook. We're really focused on getting good reviews. Um, so we focus on or I focus on that front end of creating a buzz, and then the agency services inquiries can i just ask uh instagram and facebook many businesses have got we've all got instagram and facebook what are you doing in those two mediums in order to get enough inquiry to have your entire wedding calendar full for next year already so that's a strategy that i've used which i i don't um it's you know it's it's fantastic for wedding venues is that i approach every photographer that does a wedding at seacliff and I ask them that, you know, when the time is right, would they consider sharing the photos that they've taken of their, their clients on the property? Um, and obviously I credit them when, when they do so. Do you pay the agent a fair whack? Can you tell us what you pay them? Um, yeah, look, I, I, pay them, um, I pay them 20% and now that's sort of come down to 15%, but then I have to pay an hourly rate for extra work that you know and there's quite a bit of extra work that they need to do on a weekly basis thanks to american express we're chatting with lifestyle entrepreneur brendan tarazi brendan um what's the next one byron bay house will we talk about that yeah so look that's another that's another kind of a lifestyle thing so um we were up there like uh three or four years ago and i was trying to rent a place to stay and couldn't find anything like the whole place was just jammed it was like october school holidays or September school holidays and couldn't find any anywhere. And so I sort of looked online and went, oh, I'll just have a look at the property prices. We found this um, townhouse that was being built um, a block back from the beach. So, um, you know, one thing led to another and we ended up buying it. We spent a lot of time up in Byron because I have family up there. We live up there part of the year and, and um, yeah, and, and so that's sort of the sideline of that is we've, we've tapped into the weddings up in Byron. So a lot of people attending weddings rent it. Um, but also, Byron has like two million visitors per annum, so it's just in constant, um, you know, there's a constant requirement for um, people to to rent, you know, a place in the centre of town. With with these types of businesses, Seacliff and the Byron Bay House, um, I, I sort of get that they're lifestyle because the the constant rental income that's coming in from them, but. I would have thought they're quite onerous from a customer service point of view. Uh, do you also completely outsource all that? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I've got an agent that manages all of that and I do a little bit of marketing for Byron on Instagram and um, that's not quite as onerous as the wedding venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that getting back to that lifestyle idea, like the things like with the properties that we've, we've bought, I had this strategy a few years ago whereby – if the family can get some kind of use out of it um, and it makes an income, well, that's that's a great reason to own it. Tell me, um, next business. What are we, next lifestyle business yeah. on the Brendan Tarazzi uh, portfolio? Shall we talk about ohs.com.au? I kind of have this need within me to create stuff. Like, I love that whole startup mentality. So, 
Um, a few years ago, I bought. Oh, What's wait, that need feel like? Just, just, just tell us what that need feels like. Uh, it's. I guess it's. Um, I think we all have it as as humans. It's like the need to create. You know, the cr- creativity. That's where. That's where I get my satisfaction from. Like creating stuff, coming up with ideas that you can turn into something tangible. It's really interesting. I, I, I have that as well. And when it comes time for the rubber to hit the road and to actually implement, that's when my eyes glaze over. Are you a bit like that? Um, no, I, I really like making stuff. So I, my eyes start glazing over once it once it's operational. Then I, it's, it's like I can't deal with it. I've got to mm. deal with, you know, when there's staff issues, when there's all those sort of – all that daily grind stuff that I, I, I think is a bit boring. Yes, yeah, got it. Okay, so uh, ohs.com.au, you, I think you were going to say you bought that domain a few years ago with the intention of what? Yeah, so I bought it um, I bought it when Alert Force was like really, really cranking and I thought, oh, that's a great domain name. What's and Alert Force? That was URTO? Uh, yeah, that's the registered training organisation which is still running. Um, that does health and safety training. Um, so, yeah, so I... I kind of looked around and thought, what am I going to do next for the next few years? And I had this ohs.com.au, which um, I've never been able to monetize. So basically... When you say you have... Sorry to interrupt, but um, you do skirt over things very... Oh, sorry. Come on, Tim, keep up. Oh, mate, I'm I'm keeping up. I just want to understand a bit more. So when you say you couldn't monetize that domain, had you tried? Yes, I I had tried it a few times and had basically failed every single time. So I tried to, for example, um, Alert Force was a, up until um, the end of 2015, we made most of our income through doing various health and safety um, legislative requirements that companies had. So we, we met their compliance requirements. Um, in 2016, we got into um, a thing called Vet Fee Help and another one called Smart and Skill, which were government-funded programs. So, yeah, I tried to use ohs.com.au to help monetize those government-funded programs, but it didn't work out. So my plan uh, with it now is to turn it, on to turn it into a health and safety training marketplace, and I'm working mm-hmm. with uh, the guys down in Melbourne who run Bike Exchange and a number of other online marketplaces? So try. Yeah, the guy we've had them on the show. We've had uh, who's the fellow who started Marketplacer? Um, J- Jason Wyatt. Jason Wyatt. He's been on the show. So Marketplace is an interesting concept, and for those who don't understand what it is, it's simply taking cre- creating niche online marketplaces. So they have one for bikes called I think Bike Exchange. They have one for outdoor equipment called Outdooria and it's it's basically a that you can what they sell it white labeled as well don't they which is obviously what you're doing yeah so I mean that that was the thing I thought you know I can try and I can try and fumble my way through this and and like I've done with all the other things or I can team up with a company that's already done it you know multiple times before and I've been very successful at it and so I've decided even though it's a lot more expensive to go down that route mm. um, I think it's probably a wise a wise investment. So uh, what do you do there? Do you work with the guys at Marketplacer who take a who, who clip the ticket but set it up uh, in your niche? Yeah, so look, they've got the they've invested I, I think I don't know how much how many millions of dollars they've Plenty. invested in their platform, but a lot. Um, so basically they have the platform that will allow you to create a marketplace. So um, you know, 
bringing buyers and sellers together, but I actually have to physically build it, but I'm just util- utilising their technology to mm-hmm. um, launch that marketplace. So what are you going to sell on ohs.com.au? Uh, well, look, the, the market for training, health and safety training has, like, we had a really good run with Alert Force because there was a change in legislation back in 2011, I think, called the Work Health and Safety Act came into place. And around that, there was a lot of new training requirements. But sort of fast forward, um, you know, six, seven years, all the competitors have caught up and there tends to be this mentality where competition is just lowering your prices. So it makes it where we were first with a lot of new products. Now the market is so, um, it's so full and everybody's lowering prices that it's really hard to make any money. Uh, so my idea was to, I can't innovate on, on a product um, side of things, but I can innovate on marketing. So that sort of gave me the idea of making a health and safety training marketplace whereby there was one spot where buyers could come to buy various different types of health and safety training. Okay. Uh, all created by yourself? Oh, well, the product itself, I'll be just getting all the sellers in the marketplace to list their products on my Got platform it. and then... It's a one-stop shop for anyone who needs health and safety training. I like the point you made about you can't innovate on product, but you can innovate on marketing. I mean, we live in a world of sameness, don't we? There's so much product product parity around, uh, whereas what is your point of difference? And one of those points of difference is marketing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and our, you know, our industry, they tend to be a little bit slow on getting up to speed. So, yeah, I think there's an opportunity, but, I mean, I won't know until they give it a crack. This show is made possible thanks to American Express Business Explorer credit card, a card that lets your business expenses reward you. I asked Amex member Chris Gray, CEO of property buying business Your Empire, how he benefits from using his Amex. I use Amex for the whole of my business. Literally every single thing I pay in my business, even down to effectively my staff or my contractors, and my rent at home, everything goes on the Amex card. Because with Amex, you get the most points for your dollar spent. And I convert those points into frequent flyer rewards points. I fly 10 or 15 times a year, only business and first class, including those beautiful A380 suites you get on Singapore Airlines where you get your own bedroom. And I fly for free. I don't pay for a single flight. But it's not all upside. Or is it? So I've got, a, I've still got a million points because I spend so much money in my business. I've then got to pre-plan ten trips for next year. Of where do I want to go? I need to find excuses to go to different countries. <laughs> this is a massive first-world problem, Chris. It is, but I'm willing to put up with it. So there's there's very few people that can uh, can force themselves through the pain barrier, but I'm willing to do it. I've trained myself. <laughs> New American Express card members who apply and spend three thousand dollars in the first three months from the card approval date receive a bonus one hundred thousand membership rewards points. Ah, you got to love it when your business expenses reward you. Search Amex Business to find out how. New American Express card members only. Offer ends November 30, 2017. Terms and conditions apply. You have had many ideas, Brendan. One which I got a laugh out of when I was reading your bio was the sleep pod business. Tell us about that. So... After I sold the translation business, my wife and I went travelling for a couple of years and um, we came back home and I thought, oh, I've got to – we sort of started a 
another sideline business in fashion, but I won't go into that. That lasted about 18 months. And then we hooked onto this sleep pot idea. Um, I met uh, my business partner at the time who became a friend and um, he said, oh, there's these guys over in New York selling sleep and with these really cool-looking sleep pots, very futuristic-looking. I said to Alex, look, why don't we just jump on a plane and go over and, and have a chat to them and see if we can, um, you know, if there's any further opportunity mm-hmm. there. And so that's what we did. We naively got the licence for Australia and New Zealand, um, came back home and and, um, and then sort of made it up as we went <laughs> along. And, and and so we did. We fumbled, fumbled for a couple of years. And, look, we're really great at achieving publicity like we i remember at one point we were doing a um we were doing a promo in sydney at the abn amro building which is a a very sort of classy corporate um building and we had three tv crews fighting over who was going to get the story about the nice. pods. um so and and that was sort of the same experience that these guys in the states had had like they were on all the all the talk shows mm-hmm. and on the the front page of USA Today, and they had this massive wave of publicity, but it didn't correlate into sales and revenue. That's really interesting. I'm trying to think of another product that has done that. I'm sure there are many because there are products that become what I would call media darlings where yeah. you just go, well, as a media person, you just want to share it. You just want to report on it because it's either funny or wacky or kooky or whatever it is. But it's going to sell. It's going to fill space, and people are going to want to read it or watch it, right? Yeah. Doesn't necessarily. In fact, it doesn't translate into sales. There's no just because something's the darling of the media doesn't mean the consumer's going to love it. Yeah, I mean, and that was kind of like the make. That was kind of like the early ashes of Alert Force because through that process of you know promoting, um, you know, getting uh, bosses to let their staff sleep on the job uh, through a, a twenty minute power nap. We met like all the sleep academics uh, in Australia, and one of those academics tipped me onto this idea that um, truck drivers. There was some legislation coming out that um, required truck drivers to be educated around um, managing mm-hmm. their sleep and fatigue. And so that was kind of like the pivotal moment where we went, "Oh, we'll just go and build an online course." And we partnered with a registered training organisation and. Within a couple of months, we'd secured about 20% of this new market and that was kind of like the. from there we started going more into training and we, we let the sleep pods no go. No doubt. You know, you, you can't hit a home run all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was feast and famine, let me tell you. It was, it was, it was pretty tough. How time. tough? Well, you know, it probably took like – Having sort of started a number of small businesses, my view is that it takes between five and six years to break out of Mm -hmm. wages. And what I mean by that is that you need about five or six years before you're making anything more than just a wage. Once you get past that and if it works and the business is still alive, then then you can start making, you know, profits that you can do something with. When someone meets you at a barbecue or... At a networking event, they say, "Hey, Brendan, what do you do?" <laughs> What's your answer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I normally leave with the weddings because that's a bit more interesting than the health and safety training. But um, I'm look, I'm getting more enthusiasm for the uh, for the marketplace and um, 
that sort of you, thing. You're, so, you're in an uh, ideal opportunity. There's a, I've talked about this on a show many moons ago where the pitching approach of – if someone says, what do you do? You could say, before I tell you what I do, do you mind if I ask what you do? So then they tell you what they do. And you can position yourself accordingly. So that might be an RTO conversation. It might be a wedding conversation. It might be you look like you need a holiday conversation. I've got a house in Byron. You could do it. Thank I, I you. like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nick that. My idea. pleasure. Thank the invoice you. will be in the mail, and it'll have five <laughs> zeros on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Brendan, back to. Uh, well, I was going to say naivety. This, I don't think this is naive at all. It's a bit woo-woo, but I know that you have some kind of Indian astrologer type person that uh, that guides you. Yes. Yeah, so, look, it's all it's all sort of wrapped into the yoga and meditation and. Um, Probably about eight years ago, I kind of felt like on a personal level that I had this ceiling on how much I could grow a business. And at the time, it was a million dollars. And so I started seeing um, this sort of, he's an Australian guy, but he's got an Indian name. And he's like this performance coach that works with Vedic astrology, which is Indian astrology to help you work through personal issues, etc. and so he was really he was really really helpful as one of my advisors to help me break through those ceilings that I had on how how much I could grow the business. So he was he sort of him and then the guy who trained him who who I now speak with every six months or so um, they sort of forewarned me of this challenging time I was going to have in 2016 2017. So it was a breakdown that I kind of prepared for. Oh, they actually foresaw uh, you you having a yeah, breakdown all, two years ago. Yeah, well, they they just said you you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a hell of a lot of challenges um, coming up, and it was, you know, knowing that it was coming and having the meditation and um, it helped me deal with it. It was still incredibly difficult. Like I think we had about eight government audits in the space of eighteen Ooh, months. That's stressful. You know the the business partnership that I'd been in for ten years that my my business partner um, basically walked right, um, and I bought him out. So it was just like it was like every day I was going to work and another bomb would go off. I'm, you know I was kind of joking about it. What's what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> and something would typically so. is 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 your wife. Uh... She sounds must be very accommodating, or is she as naive as you are? Oh, look, I think she, I think she worries about me sometimes, you know, <laughs> yes. because it, it, it's a bit of a, it can be a bit of like, I kind of just roll with the roller coaster. But yeah, she's she's definitely um, a bit more conservative than I am. Well, you probably need to be, and it's probably nice to have a bit of yin and yang. I mean, two Brendans might be a little bit too much. Oh no, right? it just it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. <laughs> Tell me, um, many business owners and entrepreneurs um, who have, we've all got ideas. I, I get approached by many who w- want to share them with me and ask what I think, but they don't want to take it any further f- through fear of, you know, someone's going to copy them or someone will be first to market. What's your view on that? Oh, look, I think if you don't, if you don't actually take a step forward and, and have a crack, like I think I fail 99% of the time, maybe, maybe higher than that. Um, but I, I don't mind, like I don't mind failing and going because you, you still learn. When you fail, you actually learn. So Well, you can't exactly go to your bank manager and say, hey, listen, my Indian uh, fortune teller <laughs> s- s- says this. 
So yeah. can we just bring what that money reckon? forward? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably not going to fly. What's been your favourite business? Um, look, I think Alert Force was. We had an amazing ride with that, and and um, and also the weddings. I mean, that's just it's such a great business to be involved with because you see, you see people at the start of their journey, and you know the customers are generally really happy, and it's a nice it's a nice thing to be involved with in some small part. You know, if people have a happy happy day on their wedding and yeah. go on and have a great great life together, it's nice to be part of that. Brendan, it's been an interesting chat, mate, uh, a, very, a very diverse chat. We've covered a lot of different businesses and industries, a bit of woo-woo thrown in. If people wanted to find you, this will be interesting, where, where do they go? <laughs> uh, well, probably probably uh, go to seacliffhouse.com.au um, or you could contact me through ohs.com.au or <laughs> alertforce.com.au. I love it. Or maybe it might be time to get brendantarazi.com.au if you don't already have it. Uh, look, I've got no room for another startup, Timbo. <laughs> that's not a startup. That's just a place to find you. <laughs> Goodness me. Hey, Brendan, thanks for sharing, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Well, there you go, team. Lifestyle entrepreneur Brendan Tarazzi. How do you feel after listening to that? Are you frustrated that your business is owning you? Are you more like Brendan? Do you have a lifestyle business? Has your mind been opened? You know what they say, the mind once opened never goes back to its original dimensions. Well, the mind once expanded, I think, never goes back to its original dimensions. Hey, be sure to hang around after my top three attention grabbers as US listener Bob Wheeler shares his marketing secrets in the Monster Prize draw. But first... My top three attention grabbers from that chat with Brendan. Thanks to our great friends at American Express. Attention grabber number one, I do love Brendan's willingness to be openly naive. Now, should I encourage naivety in business? Yeah, why not? Sometimes we just got to have a crack. If it feels right, do it. Sorry to all you rational business owners out there. Attention grabber number two, I agree that you can't always innovate on product, but you can always innovate on marketing. I talked about it during the interview. Marketing is a great point of difference, whether you focus on you know, better customer service, a better customer experience. Um, maybe it's the 21-step customer manifesto that Josh Nichols, last week's guest, has put together. That is a great way of innovating around your business and creating are very hard to find these days, thanks to product and service parity, point of difference. And attention grabber number three, Brendan's failed 99% of the time. Was he serious? That's a lot, isn't it? But it's quite reassuring. I'm touring the country with Shark Andrew Banks from Shark Tank, uh, doing American Express Roadshow, and um, he also talks about failing a lot more times than he succeeded. So... If you are doing it hard, if things aren't going to plan, take a little comfort in the high fail rates of successful people. That's what grabbed my attention. I'd love you to share what grabbed yours. I know most of you don't. That's okay. But if you want to, just this once, head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 434. Oh, yes, in Doodly Doodly, it is time to reward a listener 
who has taken swift marketing action as a result of this show. Someone who has written into me, it could be you, told me an idea they've implemented from this show and what impact it's had on their business. If you do that and I read it on air, you win a prize. Today's winner is Robert Wheeler from the Rapid Recovery Room. Now, I reckon Robert has been mentioned twice in the last two weeks, including this one. He sent me a great note last week or the week before about an experience he had with Design Crowd, and now he's sharing his marketing intellectualness, if I may. He says, hey, Tim. Hey, Rob. First, I'd like to thank you for helping us to take our marketing to new heights. You're welcome, Robert. That's why I'm here. I'd say next level, but that would be an understatement. We're several steps up the ladder from where we began, almost entirely thanks to your podcast. Well, that's very nice, Robert, but I'm guessing you're a bit of an implementer, a bit of an action taker, so to speak. Secondly, I want to share a thought with you about what has worked from listening to your show and something I've realized that I don't believe has been said. Mm, Here we go. We've made 10 calls for 10 straight days. We've made sure to add useful content to our webpage and Facebook and focused on helping and educating as opposed to simply selling. (coughs) So many boxes ticked there already, Rob. Well done. We've made sure our emails are entertaining and informative. We ask for the action. Yeah, got to have a call to action. What do you want people to do next? Back to Robert. We've delegated things like video editing for the posh spots, and we've done more candid live interviews to increase our audience. We even take a minute to focus on just our breathing when things get stressful. We've we've used more tips that we can list, but that's plenty. Oh, I love it already. I love the mix, Robert, of marketing tactics and a little bit of kind of meditation, a little bit of breathing, not unlike... Our guest today also does. There must be something in that. Back to Robert. He says, all of the things we've done from your show have led me to realize something based on a comment you made in an early episode. You said you have to have a passion for your business and marketing it. That said, it occurred to me that all of your guests and you, Timbo, share one thing in common – persistently and passionately following a marketing program. I think all of your guests have a marketing plan and they pursue it fervently, like that word, and are committed to it. Doing a little of this and a little of that occasionally is probably a waste of time, says Robert. Being committed to marketing means constantly focusing on it, whatever you're doing. Totally agree, Robert. Um, Having a plan is good. Executing is even better. Just getting stuff done, marketing that precious, precious business of yours. Robert goes on to say, for us, that starts with your show. I listen every single week. Thank you. Whether I think the topic will help me or not, because it's part of my program. Great to hear that. I reckon some of you look at the topic, look at the headline of the show and go, oh, that's not for me. That's a lifestyle entrepreneur. That guy's not for me. No, 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 no. You know, I can only highlight one thing in the headline, but we cover so many different topics within each episode, as you probably well know. Uh, Robert goes on to say, I've committed to marketing our business passionately and persistently, and I have a plan and a program that I follow, the foundation of which is the Small Business Big Marketing Show. We half-assed trying this and that before your show. Without it, the rest would never have happened, and we'd have nothing from which to build our marketing. 
You're changing businesses and lives for the better, Tim, across the globe. Keep up the great work, my unmet but genuinely considered friend. Sincerely, Bob Wheeler, rapidrecoveryroom.com. That's a really lovely thing to say at the end. Robert, uh, I certainly consider my listeners as friends, most of whom I'm not, who I've not met, but I feel a strong relationship is what I love about podcasting. Hey, uh, Rob, Bob, Robbie, Wobbit, whatever we call you, thank you, buddy. Um, I'm going to promote your business on this show, which I've done as a prize because you're in the States. I've got nothing to send you, but I can also give you a backlink on the smallbusinessbigmarketing.com website. That'll make two for you because you got one last week, and that is valued at priceless. Hey, love to hear from everyone else. If there is a marketing idea you've learned from the show, email me, tim at timreed.com.au. Righto, it's time for the advertising jingle of the week. This one is from 1971, and it is so sugary sweet. It's doing my head in already, both in what it's selling and how it's delivered. Visually, it's a bunch of healthy-looking 20-somethings of varying nationalities singing outside in sort of a choir formation as they look out to the distant horizon. Here's the first 14 seconds. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. So, so right now, it could be for a real estate agent, a garden nursery, maybe even a furniture shop. But let's keep listening. I like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. Buy the world a what? A Coke? Did they say a Coke? Yeah, they did. I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep it company. Enough. Enough. Look, I love a good jingle. I love a TV ad that's got a massive budget, which I'm pretty sure this one did. But really? Selling brown sugared water like that, that is incredible. If you want to watch the full ad, I would encourage you to. It's a bit of a laugh. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 434 is where you'll find it. Hey, and if you've got a jingle you'd like me to play from years gone by, or maybe you've got a jingle for your own business, just send me a little note on Twitter at Timbo Reed, R-E-I-D. Well, that almost wraps up another episode of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Show sponsored by our great friends at American Express. You can now search Amex Business to find out how your business expenses can reward you, can have you traveling on a well-deserved break, maybe, maybe at the pointy end of the plane. Hey, got some great interviews coming up, including one on mental health for small business owners. Not a marketing chat, but a chat that I think is very important. Uh, I've got a chat with a very disruptive butcher. That's a marketing chat, plus a fellow who's selling merch for small businesses through vending machines at Officeworks. How clever is that? Hey, don't forget there's an entire back catalogue as well of interviews, like 433 of them, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you love the show, and why wouldn't you, then let another business owner know about it by grabbing their phone and downloading it for them. Like, yeah, exactly. Open the podcast app. Search Small Business Big Marketing. Hit subscribe. Start, hit play. Give them their phone back. Move on to the next one. 
Until next week, I am Timbo Reid. Always have been, always will be. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.